Hi everyone, it's John. And Ben. And welcome back to Santa by the Minute, the podcast where Ben and I talk about 1985's Santa Claus the Movie. One minute at a time. And we're back after a two-week hiatus. Sorry <laughs> about that, again. everyone. <laughs> Life got in the way again. We are going to finish this movie. We are. Don't give up on us. We're going to finish this movie. <laughs> winter is really hard for us to record. It is. It is still winter. And we have snow days that always seem to land on the days that we're supposed to be recording. It's it's miraculous like that. It was a lot easier to have a backlog of episodes when we were in lockdown. It was. <laughs> but anyway, we will soon be talking about minute number 96. We are getting into the home stretch of Santa Claus, the movie, we if you are. can believe it. Thanks to everyone who's been hanging in there the past couple of years. We're going to make it. We're going to make it to the finish line. Promise. We are. We're now not we, giving up. We do need to resolve the cliffhanger from our last episode a couple weeks ago when I paid fourteen ninety nine. You may remember this, Ben, for oh, the yes. PDF <laughs> file of a script of what Script City said was Santa Claus colon movie. Mm -hmm. So I finally got the email, got the PDF. And unfortunately, it's not our Santa Claus colon movie. It was actually the script to the 1984 TV movie, The Night They Saved Christmas. Which you... had an all-star cast. Yes, it featured Art Carney and June Lockhart as Mr. and Mrs. Santa. It also had Paul Williams as an elf and Jacqueline Smith from Charlie's Angels as the mom. Yeah. It was about an oil expedition that was damaging Santa's workshop. We'll let the ABC announcer from 1984 take it from here to describe it to you. Drilling for oil at the North Pole. They plan for every emergency but one. You're going to blow up Santa Claus. Jacqueline Smith and Art Carney. You're going to ruin Christmas forever. You believe in Santa Claus the night they save Christmas. Thursday. So as you can tell, that was not our movie <laughs> no i'm not even sure if i've seen this before but yeah definitely had an all-star cast i'm sure if you want to hear more of it go to the podcast christmas network i'm sure at least five christmas podcasts have covered the night they saved christmas i bet jerry from totally right he's had to have covered this movie what do you think we'll have to look it up all right ben i just googled it jerry has covered the night they saved christmas i figured he had to have I mean, I would have been surprised if he didn't. Yes, it was his December 1st, 2021 episode, so... Oh, so a while ago. I probably didn't know what he was talking about, so I didn't listen to that one because it didn't sound familiar to me. So that was a bummer. I really want to see the script to our Santa Claus movie. Anyway, someday. Someday we will. Anyway, in the meantime, let's start Minute 96, and I can hear that whistle blowing already. Yes, that is the whistle that makes a sound two to three times a day, telling Patch that the Stardust Hopper gauge is registering empty. So after the steam whistle finishes blowing, Patch turns around in his chair, he stands up, walks over to the front panel of the machine and switches it to off. Now the next shot clears up a little bit of confusion we had about the layout of the toy factory because we see Patch going down a flight of basement stairs. Mm -hmm. 
which we did not see earlier when we previously saw Patch go to his Stardust stash in the file cabinet back in minute number 85. So in my head, I just assumed it was like a room just on the same floor, just off to the side of where his big machine was. So mm -hmm. as you may recall, I was a little confused why Towser was telling BZ that Patch kept it in, quote, cold storage. But now that makes a lot more sense because we see Patch walking down to the basement slash boiler room. And that also clears up the confusion of how Grizzard could have got a kicking and screaming 12-year-old boy past Patch, who was asleep in his Patchmobile. Right. In the book, he just carried him by Patch because Patch was underneath the canopy of his car. But in the movie, Patch doesn't sleep like that. So it would have been a lot harder for Grizzard to walk right by Patch. So they knew. They knew somebody might poke holes in that. So we, we can't do that. It was airtight. <laughs> We have to give props to the to the writers of Santa Claus the Movie for thinking of that. <laughs> then we see kind of an upsetting close-up of poor Joe tied up to that pipe. You can see where the tears had been streaming down his face. He still has the gag in his mouth, like the white sock or handkerchief. He's still tied to that pipe where Grizzard left him who knows how long ago. I know. It must have been hours ago at this point because he brought him over in the middle of the night when Patch was asleep. Yeah, and this just dawned on me. You're right. Like, they, they picked up Joe at three in the morning. He tied him to the pipe. And Patch had to have been working, right? So he has woken up the next day and he has at least started his shift. And if he has to replace the stardust in that hopper two to three times a day that's what three hours into his work shift maybe since he's gone down there well we already know what time it is in in movie timeline what was the time on cornelia's clock when she wrote that letter wasn't it like 10 in the morning so the note was written at 8 10 a.m but we don't know if this is happening at 8 10 a.m or not we don't know if this is later in the same day or if it's the same time well all i was saying it has to have been after that this could be 11 a.m it could be noontime it could be one in the afternoon i guess i guess we'll find but, out in yeah. a minute or so when santa lands in cornelia's room then we can pinpoint that this is happening somewhere between 8 10 in the morning and whenever santa appears in new york yeah i have a note but i can't talk about it right now because i think it'll mess up next minute but let me just, I, I think I mentioned it two weeks ago when we had our last podcast, but that was forever ago and I don't remember. So uh, in the book, this doesn't happen in the same order. Minute 97 in the movie is cut in half by minute 96 in the movie. So the timing is a little different. So the sound of Patch walking down those stairs gets Joe's attention. Next we see Patch with his spoon and his tin can in hand which, like I said, we previously saw in minute 85 when he filled up the machine last on screen. He's at the filing cabinet where he keeps the stardust. This is the cold storage Towser was talking about it's in that file cabinet drawer. Patch is about to open the drawer when he hears Joe's muffled cries for help. Patch puts his can and spoon on top of the file cabinet and walks towards the noise to investigate. 
And that's where Patch finds Joe tied up to the pipe and says... Oh my gosh! What are you doing down here? It's 34 seconds into the minute before anyone says anything. Joe is getting really riled up at the sight of Patch. Patch removes the gag from Joe's mouth. And then that's when Joe angrily answers the question with, As if you didn't know, creep! As if you didn't know, creep! Man, what are you yeah, talking about? You, you ruined Christmas! But I, I never did, what are you talking about? Now, before you move on to the next line, in the book, it said, after Joe says, You ruined Christmas, and Patch said, I never did, Patch had no idea what Joe was talking about. He felt a twinge of guilt anyway. He started to get angry because he remembered that Santa never called him back. So he started, like, the feeling of anger towards Santa came back again. And then in his mind, he was like, how dare this kid tell me that he ruined Christmas? Like, how dare this kid say that I ruined Christmas when I was helping Santa and he never wanted me back, so it's his fault. Not my fault that Christmas was ruined. So this is going on in Patch's head in the book? Yeah. Because I was wondering if something was cut because now we have Joe saying... He said the kids didn't like him no more on the county, you... Seems like a jump from... What are you talking about? I never did anything. At least in the movie, on the screen, I suppose this could have happened during their sleigh ride, but at no point I recall Santa saying to Joe that no kids like him him anymore him being santa on right. account of patch i don't remember santa saying that santa was keeping all those feelings unhealthily bottled up inside <laughs> right so i'm guessing maybe maybe joe read him or it was a very depressing downer of a sleigh ride that christmas eve <laughs> that we didn't actually see maybe santa was like yeah. oh what's the point joe <laughs> right you never know i mean we don't know what conversation they had while they were flying around but no it's not in the movie and it's not in the book either any conversation of how santa was feeling you don't even know santa do Claus. so do not he said i was his only friend left you dumb punk that's another right. thing that we didn't actually hear in the movie so no, it's not in the book either so either joe is filling in a lot of gaps mm -hmm. which you know i could i could picture that he being could. a yeah. being a possibility as well because i didn't get the feeling that santa and joe like had this really kind of somber talk heart to heart talk in the sleigh santa seemed to lighten up a little bit during that part right. when they took off yeah but you know we don't know how long they were together they could have they could have got a glass of milk or somewhere together along the way and santa like oh my only friend left joe well i mean he did santa didn't say this to joe but he did say it to the reindeer about well at least one person down there still likes me true so but i don't think he said that to joe and I wouldn't imagine Joe could hear him when he's that high up in the sky. Unless Joe has supersonic hearing. So going back to the minute. I, I was, uh, I just wanted him to see what a good assistant I could be. I have thoughts. Okay. Not my ahead. thoughts. Not your thoughts. I have thoughts, their thoughts. Patch's thoughts. <laughs> I don't have my own thoughts. I have, I have Patch's thoughts. Okay. You ready for this? This is after Joe says, he said I was his only friend left, you dumb punk. The boy said shrilly as he began to cry again. Patch froze, his anger draining away as suddenly as it had come. 
as he realized that the weeping boy was really serious. His heart sank. Was it true? Had he really ruined Christmas? Had his plan to win back Santa's love and respect truly backfired so completely? Was that why Santa had never sent for him? He thought of BZ, and suddenly all of the vague and formless doubts that had been floating free in his subconscious mind formed one awful image. BZ had taken advantage of him in ways he had never even dreamed of, and he had only himself to blame. He had never meant anything like this to happen. He stood without speaking, no longer even looking at the boy, caught inside his sudden revelation. All the wild fury that had been trapped inside Joe during his ordeal spilled over as he saw what he took to be Patch's silent indifference. He lunged forward and began to punch and pummel the elf. Patch squawked with surprise and put <laughs> up his hands, flailing back at the boy in, in self-defense, trying without much success to fend off the painful blows. He had not practiced his elf defense moves in far too long. Oh, you should you and... should have built up you should have built up to the elf pun. I know we've heard elf defense before. <laughs> that was such a good elf pun. They've used I think they've used it twice in the book so far. Yeah. But it doesn't show up in the movie. <laughs> anyway, he says that uh, it wouldn't have mattered because this kid wasn't fighting fair anyway. And then it went into Joe sobbing yeah he saw what you are so that's where that that's where that went yep our minute cuts off midway through joe screaming at patch he's seen what you are you're a dumb stew 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 dumb stew <laughs> it almost sounds like a one word <laughs> so that cuts off we'll finish off joe's sentence next week mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. this is exciting things are heating up here in the movie yeah the movie makers are like, okay, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> so you can see how fast Patch came to the realization of what was happening over the past two years. Just by one thing of Joe. <laughs> and much like you, I'm sure I don't have any more notes on this minute. No. Nope. But I mean, to be fair, they didn't start talking until 35 seconds into the minute. Most of it was just Patch walking down a basement hallway. Yeah, and we've so. already talked about the toy machine, the Patchomatic, yeah. and the background of the toy factory in yeah. excruciating detail in past episodes. Right. You know, I was thinking, though, I don't know how cold... I think I said it in the basement BZ's house, too. You know, because I think we had mentioned how... Uh, Joe couldn't really be getting better in a cold, musty basement. But in this basement, it's a boiler room. It shouldn't be that cold. Uh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So I don't... I mean, granted, we don't see the boiler, but we do see a huge oil tank. Which I would also like to add, that oil tank, there's no way that that small amount of oil would heat up that factory. So... <laughs> I know I'm getting into things that don't really matter because it's movie land, but that's a small oil tank to heat a huge factory in New York. Oh man, now I have winter. to now I have to retract my statement saying that 
all the plot holes were filled for this minute now. Everything was airtight. No, you're, you found some holes to poke. Well, I mean, I guess maybe that's not an oil tank. Maybe that's something else. It does have a big hole on the side. It looked like an oil tank to me. But it has a big thingy, like an opening on the side. So maybe it's not an oil tank. Maybe this isn't a boiler room. I have I, I can't I can't save you on this one. I'm just calling it a boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody's you call gonna it a argue. Boiler with room. Me. I'm not gonna call it a boiler room because it would be too warm and patches stardust would explode. Man, if you're getting this fired up over the boiler room <laughs> just wait for what we have in the upcoming minutes. That's that's when you get to really poke some holes. You're just getting warmed up. <laughs> I'm practicing. So, guys, stay tuned next week, minute 97. Barring any unexpected delays, fingers crossed that we're back on track. And we have no no listener mail or anything. So, nope. I guess we just wrap it up, pack it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So as, so. Al- so, as always, it has been pretty quiet on the old Santa by the Minute Gmail account. But that email address is Santa by the Minute at gmail.com. We'll, we are waiting patiently. Operators are standing by. Dooley is standing by. And uh, we also have social media. We have uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Santa Minute. Ben and I post a brand new episode. Uh, we, we try to post a brand new episode each and every <laughs> Wednesday. And as always, you can listen to any of those episodes. Hot cream!